0: Motown Rundown, ready to rock and roll. What day is it? Wednesday. Well, I know it's Wednesday. We don't miss Wednesdays no more. March 24th, Motown Rundown, your home for all things Detroit sports. Gentlemen, it's great to see your faces. The weather is beautiful out today. The smell of baseball and peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Not a big Cracker Jacks guy. Also, no free ads, but it's in the air. Has anyone ever ate a Cracker Jack? I feel like that, like...
1: Yes. No. I love yes,
0: uh, that. Like that wasn't you like the spot. Cracker
1: Jack's Trent? Yeah. That
0: wasn't the spot to be like, Does has anyone ever eaten a Cracker Jack before? Yes, everyone has. They're just not good. Do you enjoy it? I'm just saying, I've know. had Cracker And Jack. they get sold. I feel enjoyable. like they're sold for like six cents at the grocery store too.
1: Oh no, dude, I, I love Cracker Jack. You guys don't like Cracker Jack? I feel oh. like they,
2: like, invent – Orville Redenbacher invented popcorn and were like, okay, let's get rid of these Cracker Jacks. These things stink. Like, uh, <laughs> or it's just like – you know what I mean? Or, like, no, sunflower seeds. These are way better. Like, who gets Cracker Jacks at a ball game? Is well, that Was that, like, a thing? No,
0: Collins, I'll tell you the guy that gets the Cracker Jacks at the ball game is the guy that brings his own, like – like radio with him, and he's got the headphones on listening to the broadcast during the game. No, and no, he's no, keeping no, score. I was wearing like a short sleeve button down shirt tucked into some cargo shorts. Stop, and a belt, stop No, that guy is getting
2: peanuts and he's getting them everywhere. <laughs> and he's he won't let anyone, he's got like a big Pepsi cup. He's got his peanuts and he's just chucking them in there every, after every like half inning. he's at his own way in the store. It's like, oh my like, what is that an e6 You said like, actually no it's an e11 in my book like he's got his own way of scoring it <laughs> yeah. i love guys like that's like i that's like gibby is not the best like color guy for the tigers i love when he's like when shep or like even when uh mario was You like hey, what did you uh mark that in your book uh Kirk because he does a different way of scoring and he said, actually that's an E 43 or I'm like, what is Yeah, he leans
0: over? He leans over. He's like, Hey, you got pass ball or
2: wild pitch on that one. Yeah, I know. I love
0: that. Dude. I've been on my, I've been on Instagram for the last two and a half innings. I'm not, I have no idea. (laughs) Anyway, Trent, how are you? Trent?
1: Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Are you kidding me? I'm doing some spring cleaning. I feel good. Classes are going well. Everything's rock solid, but Rams, I think first order, first order of business, we have to congratulate you on a fantastic hockey season Thank with Novi Wildcats as an assistant coach. Not
2: good enough. <laughs> Novi hockey sense. strives for state championships and that's it. Anything lesser yeah. than that, that's just not acceptable.
0: Yep. Um, no, I do. I do appreciate it. Trent. I will give a shout out to the boys before we move on here. Um, what a great season. What a great season for the Wildcats. It was an absolute pleasure to be back at my alma mater, being able to coach. with. Honest to God, I told these guys this in the room um, after the state quarterfinal game, which we dropped at Trenton. Uh, this was Tuesday night. Um, these guys, that group is going to be remembered as one of the best teams to ever come through this school. Um, so incredibly proud of that group. 12-3-2 on the season. Love is that, that good? I don't know. Um, regional champs, um what? beating Stevenson
2: in overtime. Yes, Collins. I know hockey's different for like public schools. What division is Novi in? Like two. Nora, is are they in the OAA? Well, oh well, they're in the KLAA, but
0: and they we play in division two. Oh, okay. Uh, which is the heart, which and I will take to my grave that it's the toughest, toughest league outside the MIHL, and it's the toughest division out of the three divisions, but um, tremendously proud of those guys 12 seniors on our team too who are absolutely wow. fantastic um,
2: a lot of sucks. turnover not sure
0: yeah what sucks is that it was a uh, i think this is probably the team to that, that could have easily gotten done gotten it done but you look at the uh, the old heartland eagles over there who were considered the best team in the state all year they lost their state quarterfinal game as well so not always the best team is the one that's raising the trophy at the end of the year in my book but um but yeah, Trent, I appreciate the shout out. I love those guys to death. Go cats, tremendous baby! Tremendous season, Go Cats! Yeah, Go Cats forever.
2: So that was that. What's Let it called? Before are we, are you? I, we haven't talked about this, Rebs. I know yes. you were like, you were head man for JV, right? No, I was an assistant on JV
0: and varsity.
2: Okay, so when you're, you would you be on the? I I think we might have talked about this. You're on the ice for at least one of those practices, right? Both. I never. Okay. Missed. So are you, like, snapping it around on something or, like – know what I mean? Like, you got, like, <laughs> the cop thing going. You got, like, a hat on. You got the warrior well, jumpsuit. I'll tell you what blows
0: is that, it, it for whatever reason, at the high school level, you have to throw a helmet on, which stinks. But that's what part of the reason why I grew my hair out again was because it just looks great coming out of the helmet.
2: Um, Wait, so the coaches have to wear a helmet? Yeah, it's brutal. That just looks – Yeah, it's terrible.
0: But ah. during, during JV, it was more – I, uh, here's the thing. I'll, 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 let me break it to you down this way. I have two different pairs of gloves, depending on which team that I'm coaching with. When I'm with Love the it. JV, I have like my nice black gloves and I have the whistle that wraps around the glove. When Love I'm with that. varsity, I throw on my game gloves because every we have so many coaches up at varsity. I'll have to just like participate in drills and like be the passer to start drills off. And when I tell you, dude, like I snap the puck around out there, like it is like, it is Un- like I don't the like state it's of tape to tape. And I, I always make the joke too. Like I think that ever since I stopped playing and started coaching, I've gotten so much better. Like my hands are better. My shots better. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I go, I just, I just whip it around out there at the varsity practices, but I love it. We have our last, uh, last skate tomorrow with team 23. Um, and I'm going to be putting my pads on for the first time since last February before everything got shut down. So um, we'll I'll get see. you an
2: oxygen tank.
0: Yeah, we'll see how I'm moving out there. But
2: <laughs> that is like the one thing about hockey. I feel like every like buddy I've had that's ever played hockey, they haven't stated in like three months or something. The first time they state, they're like, "I can't move my legs. I was so tired." You know what I mean? Like well, just that's the, bad. The,
0: the thing about the thing about hockey, for whatever reason, is like there's being in really good shape and there's being in really good hockey shape. Like you can run, you can run stairs, you can run, you can do sprints, you can do whatever you want to try to get your cardio to where you want it to be. But you go on the ice and put the skates on, it's a completely different world. Nothing helps. You just got to be out there and you got to be, got to be moving. So I'll just be making some, I'll be making some goal line to goal line passes and just probably not probably just floating at my own blue line and hoping to catch some guys coming, coming down on the rush. But I'm excited to get out there. It's been a tremendous Love season. Love those kids. Um, but, yeah, so thanks for thanks for mentioning that, Trent. I don't know if any of the boys are fans of the Motown rundown, but.
1: Well, they better be.
0: <laughs> I'll have to let them know. They I'll should
1: be. Them.
0: Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll get into them. Um, <laughs> what else is new? Oh, on? yeah, I mean, I, I probably won't mention it, but I'll get into them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like
2: you've
1: been quiet today. Well, TV's in a
2: great mood. I can tell.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I'm piped up, man.
2: Wait, you no, know what? No, he's not because LeBron's hurt for a while. Oh, yeah. been, like this has been like a week long like drag on TV.
1: Yeah, and I had Illinois winning everything, so that Ugh. thinks that they're out. But that's all right. I having the
2: tournament fun. was insane this weekend.
1: It was. Is it? And it, you know why it is? Because there's no fans, or not as many fans. And these mid majors just come out firing, and they're not nervous at all. I realized. Yeah, oh, thing. I want. I had
0: March Madness on here to discuss. Oh well, then I, get
1: into
0: it I disagree
2: with that, Trent.
1: Why? Then what? I that's think the less fans there are,
2: the more advantage the better teams have. Because, like the whole thing when you go to a March Madness, I don't know if you guys have ever been to like the first or second round. I went to. I think the years they were at the palace on mission and Michigan they were both there. When like Trey Burke was there, I think it was when they went to the national title game and was it Gary Harris, Adrian Payne, Mission State team that lost the sweets had seen to Duke. But like if a lower seed is losing at like halftime and no one has any affiliation to the team except a small like little portion, the rest of the crowd is gonna get on the underdog. You know what I mean? Like I they kept on saying that I was I
1: disagree with that. I don't know. I just think in general, like these bigger schools are used to playing in front of all these people. And then I thought it was kind of the same thing in the NBA bubble, to be honest with you. I think that's why the heat made it as far as they did, because they didn't have to deal with the Boston crowd. Yeah. I know, you know, the tournament's different because it's always a neutral site and whatnot, but it is what it is. I just think it's a weird year and that's the only way you can really describe it. All these upsets are absolutely wild. They completely screwed me over. I have six sweet 16 teams left. Is that good? No, that's not good. So, I, uh, how, how are you guys doing, though? How are your brackets? It's fucking horrible, dude. The Big Ten. <laughs> fuck the Big Ten, dude. Honest dude, to God. The, wor- the worst <laughs> part about it is that <laughs> the only team left is Michigan. That's the worst part about it. I got Michigan losing to Florida
0: State in, in about three days here. But, dude, like, I, you know, I had I, – I'll tell you. I told you guys this when we talked about it. I had absolutely no feel for the tournament coming in, like – Illinois losing was embarrassing. Ohio State losing off the hop was embarrassing. Good that good for Maryland for at least getting the game. Iowa sucks. I should have seen that one coming from a mile that was, away. Yeah,
2: that was not good.
0: I mean, they suck. Gonzaga, Gonzaga might win every single game by 30 points, I swear to God. Like, good for them for actually being real. But, I mean, it just – just frustrating. I got eight teams right out of 16 in the Sweet 16 here. Just an absolute
2: embarrassment.
1: That's two better than me. I think Collins is doing better than everyone because Collins picked Gonzaga to go all the way. Well, I had the I, final.
2: Well, I don't – what's it called? By the way, that Illinois-Loyal-Chicago like Loyola Chicago game, Loyal-Chicago was, like, better. Like, it was even, like – like, it was wire the wire. They were, like, better. It was bizarre.
1: Well, dude, watch. if I can, the, the committee sucks. Okay, because not look, bad. Seed. I mean... no, no, Loyola Chicago was great all season. They're not an eight seed. They went for this stupid. They went for that TV matchup with Loyola Chicago and Illinois. That's what they were going for. They got it, and it's just, it, dude, it's ridiculous. And Collins, I gotta give you some flowers. Cause you were exactly right on Illinois. Like they just kind of seemed happy to be there and be a one seed and everything. I, I took
2: them the national title. So how, how right <laughs> am I?
1: Well, yeah. But you always, you always had that like opinion. That, I know. I know that was
2: kind of like Ohio state too. Like there was like, we had a nice season. We didn't really expect this. I mean, next couple of years.
1: Yeah. No. So I, it's just, it's, it's wild. It sucks in the, in the fact that like my bracket is done. So I I'm, I'm kind of done like keeping track of that part, but I'm still going to gamble on the games. It's really fun. Um, you can't beat March Madness. That four great,
2: great games this year. That there there's been some great games unreal. this year.
1: Yeah, what's it called?
2: I got Arkansas, Alabama, and Don in my final four still left. So in one of my brackets, I can't win because it's it's like a huge bracket and there's so many different entries. If your brackets aren't really good, you're not gonna win. Other one, if Arkansas, Alabama, and Gonzaga Zader are the final four and John wins it, I believe I win my bracket
0: nice well there you go here's my I have I have a couple more things on March Madness before we move on to do what the show the podcast is actually intended to do number one I had Ohio over Virginia and I was watching this game at Beerhead in Novi no free ads but I was at Beerhead after the regional championship win with the Wildcats I I believe it was the same night so I naturally I got a bucket to myself so I was a little bit you know feeling myself a little bit Well that. I had Ohio over Virginia and my my message to anyone that's ever picking a bracket, do not forget that Virginia, I don't care if they won the national championship in 2019, they lost to a 16 seed. That team, that school and that coach sucks. They will always suck and anytime they're in the tournament from here on out. They won a national
1: title two years ago. It
0: doesn't, Trent, they lost. I I have never. They didn't, they have not. It does
1: matter. They won
0: a national title. What are you talking about? No, it does not matter. They suck. That Ohio game was the easiest game I picked in the entire tournament. They also also had COVID
1: protocols until Friday night. That's what I was going to say. Rabs, all the people. Here's the the world's smallest violin, Collins. playing. what? Guess what everyone taking credit for picking Ohio over Virginia Good for you man I, I would also I also picked the school that hadn't pre- that, that had had a practice in the last seven days because Virginia didn't I, I think it's a little overblown I'm not saying you but a lot of people were Virginia like Virginia should have won
2: that game oh. too
1: a lot of people were like tooting their horn for picking Ohio over Virginia
0: so what well, Virginia Virginia's dead to me even though I didn't pick them uh, Texas is dead to me. That wasn't good. Um, wait, can and you- Kansas, <laughs> by the way, Bill Self stinks. Yeah. Like, just, just uh, talk and about wasting, talk about wasting was better than them watching that game. Stinks,
1: Kansas. Did you have, have Kansas? A, is that why you say this? I have a growing yeah. list in my phone of coaches that I don't trust. Bill Self. It, it, it's, it's Shaka Smart, Bill Self, Fran McCaffrey, Matt Painter, and Tony Bennett. Those are the Dude, guys.
2: No, the Purdue one was the most ridiculous one. The fact that Purdue lost yeah. in the first round was unacceptable. Killed my parlay, too, ruined my night. Okay, I haven't. No, no, that's just like game. you're in Indianapolis against North Texas. You have one of the best big men in America, and you're not like, no, we're just not going to like body him down low with Travion Williams. No, let's just have Jaden Ivey take 25 foot contested three pointers, but whatever. Whatever, paint crew. Love it. Boiler up. Let, win another Big Ten title and do nothing in the tournament, Purdue. Most regional program in all of America
0: can't win a bet. Anyway, let's go to some Detroit stuff. We'll stay on basketball. Uh, Pistons talk. They're twelve and thirty as we speak. They're playing the Pacers right now too. Also as we speak. Um, I don't know what kind of updates you guys have lingering for me, but go ahead and take the reins, fellows.
2: Uh, what's it called Jeremy Grant? I what's it called they're offered what two first rounders or something like that? The affluence reported Trump.
1: That is the rumor. Multiple firsts for Jeremy Grant is the rumor. And and you know what, Collins, before I let you go, I just want to say if the Pistons turn down a, a some kind of offer from like a desperate team like the Los Angeles Lakers, I, I, I'm I going to – my trust in Troy Weaver is really going to waver. That's all I have. Well, that's I, I want to hear what you have to say first.
2: I really think – what's it called? The team that – the only team I think that's going to offer him would be like the Celtics maybe. Or maybe like it, maybe a team like the Pacers where they would like package Warren or whatever. Or I don't know what they would do. You Know what I mean? Like it would be like a really weird team that would want him and it would probably be like mid first rounders. But we've always said, like, I always thought this deal was gonna be like a flip and turn. And Jeremy Grant has wildly exceeded my expectations. And what's it called? I, it just seems like Weaver and them are like, we're fine. Like we're not like the asking price is super big because we want to keep him. And he seems to be happy here know what I mean? Even yeah, though the Pistons yeah, stink, sure. like, Jeremy Grant is happy with his role here. Like, it might yeah, be different next year when, say, the Pistons might have an Evan Mobley or Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suds when he's like, oh, we're, like, trying to feature these guys in the rebuild and I'm not getting the touches that I want. You know what I mean? But, like, right now he loves life. But personally, I mean, two first-round pits sound pretty good for Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I mean? no, I,
1: and you know what? I, I'm going to reiterate my whole philosophy on this team. I don't think, you know, given the way that that Troy Weaver has handled things in the, in the early going of this rebuild, I guess the first official year of the rebuild now that the Pistons have moved on from Andre Blake and Reggie and Derrick Rose and all those guys is like, the, the, you, there's young talent that we love and Collins and I have come on here every week. And we've talked about how great Isaiah Stewart's been. Killian Hayes is coming back soon, by the way, he's been cleared for on-court basketball activities. So that's great to see. So look for him in the, in the recent, you know, coming weeks. But I just think that he, in, in Jeremy Grant's contract, which is, you know, he, is, he signed a three-year deal. And we're obviously in the first year of that. I think by his third year, by his contract year, the Pistons could be on their way out of the rebuild. And that absolutely means that they could be a four seed at best, five seed, you know, a cl- kind of climbing that ladder, maybe not consistent real contenders, but just, you know, a good team that's above 500 or hovering around 500 and going to make some noise in the East. But, you know, that's in the future. So I guess my thing is like, if that is to happen, I don't really know if Jeremy Grant is, is going to get another contract offer from the Pistons. So that's why Collins, I say all that to say this, I agree with you in that, if you are offered multiple firsts for Jeremy Grant, why wouldn't you take it? Because at the very least, we always talk about opening up minutes, and Jeremy Grant hasn't been a minute taker because he's been the best player, which has been fine. I like I look more at the guys like Mason Plumley who was a minutes taker, but you know, yeah. Jeremy Grant, if he's not on the team, that just means more minutes for Sadiq Bay and Sekou Domboya, and and you know what I mean. So and and whoever you draft this year, you know, Evan. I, Bolton, by the
2: way, I mean we can. Man. Talk about this later. Seku. Yeah. Panic button on Seku has been hit maybe like two weeks ago. Like, it's – I'm smashing the panic button on Seku,
1: yeah.
2: And I hope I'm wrong, but, I, I mean, we won't get in that. But Jeremy Grant, since we're talking about the deadline's tomorrow, I don't think – that the Pistons aren't going to move him. I really – like, unless they get, like, some, like, two first-rounders and, like, Smith from the Celtics, like, I really don't see that ever working because – I mean, the Celtics had that trade exception, so they could do it. They could, like, you could have a weird trade with the Celtics, but I just don't, I don't see that happening. But Jeremy Grant turned 27 on March 12th. So he's got two more years on his deal. He'll be 29 when his deal's up. So the thing about it is, if you're not going to trade him, what is the deal after going to be? And I know this is looking really far into the future, but, like, what it if you're not willing to trade him now when he probably has the most value he's ever going to have because he has, he has two and a half years left on his deal and for what he's played, like, he's been pretty cheap after everyone overreacted for the Pistons overpaying him. So, like, I, I, I'm i not – like, they're not going to give him a max or anything, but are they going to give him another three for 60? Is that the plan?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, and that's why, Collins, I, I agree with you that if you get that offer, you got to take it. I, I also agree with you that I don't think the Pistons will do it. Him and
2: Weaver are too good of boys. Like you can tell, they're yeah. boys.
1: And, and for all that you've laid out, you know, I, I actually, I, him being 29 and this contract year, and the Pistons maybe coming out of that rebuild, and maybe Sadiq Bay is your new big piece you're building around, or something like that. I, it, again, it's too early to tell with this kind of stuff. But counts you are absolutely right. His stock is not going to get any higher. So if you are having any inkling that you want to trade this guy, now's the time. Don't think it'll happen, but if I if I'm Troy Weaver, I'm absolutely trading Jeremy Grant for two first-round picks because that is exactly what you what you signed him to do. In our opinion, Collins was to sign and flip him, and and he has completely exceeded expectations. He's played his ass off; should have been an All-Star this year. We all know how that went, and he the, the value is there. So I just okay. think if you're rebuilding, which the Pistons are, this is how you do that.
2: Well, I don't like. I'm fine with them having him long term. I think he's like the way he plays. Like he's not an above the rim type of guy. Like he's like he's a shooter basically. Comes off screens. He's a pretty good defender and he's a lengthy guy. So I think he will, uh, barring injury, he'll be fine when he grows. Like going like, it's just I I I never really expected the deal to be like. I thought it was me like three for Sixty like Hey Jeremy, you have a good year whatever. We can probably flip you in year two. And, and and we know you want wanted like a bigger role. We'll give you that, and and just know we might be willing to deal with you in something. But like right now, I mean, he's been so good. there this at this point. It seems like we're fine. We're gonna have him long term, which is fine. It's just interesting. I didn't expect that when they signed him. So.
1: All right, are we done on Pistons?
2: Yeah, that's that's all I have. I'm worried about too We can talk about that, not sweet, but I want to talk. Killian
1: about all Hayes, the time. Killian Hayes, come back! Everybody, get excited! Well, I mean, Turn if Hayes is lawn. bad, I mean. First of all, we gotta talk about Hayes. Like,
2: if Hayes is bad, you take another point guard, right? But that—I mean, again, these are way down, way down the line, way down yep. the line.
0: Yep. All right. Yes. Um, I guess I probably owe the people
1: some wing stuff here, real quick. No, um, no, no. Hold up, hold up. You don't, oh. don't owe anything to anybody. Yeah, Ooh, come on. I mean, now go ahead. Well, what's up, so, not... What
2: Rab's, What's it called? Did you watch the? You see the guy get fired, the ref? Yeah,
0: ridiculous.
2: That was that was uh, booty.
0: There's makeup calls in every sport. Like, well, I think I I think looking back, first of all, yes, you're correct. Like, makeup calls happen. Everyone knows in any sport. Like, the refs control the game, and I'm not saying it from like a like a point shaving standpoint. I'm saying it from a standpoint of like, perfect example is like when our I was I'm thinking about our game against Trenton last night. Like, there was a lot of like chippy shit after the whistles. Like, everyone's getting an extra shoving. If you don't nip that in the bud right away like you it you allow it to continue. So I think to the point of of the referee, I think his motive behind saying like I wanted to give Nashville a penalty early was just kind of like it's you know just a way to control the game and keep things like under wraps and you set that you set the tone of yeah. you know like hey you're not getting away with little chippy shit and, and ticky tack stuff the entire game. I think that referee too like in the grand, I, I'm not going to pretend to be like one of those guys. Like, I know every official that steps on the ice. Like, some of those guys are just knowing, oh, yeah, this guy's this guy's bad because of A, B, and C. But apparently, in the grand scheme of things, with, with his NHL resume, people are kind of not not everyone's favorite official. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, I, but for the I, guy, yeah. the guy is supposed to retire after this year, too. He's got like a month left of his. like, Nope. Go kick rocks. But yeah, that was I don't know. That was that was weird. I didn't I don't know. Stupid. It just that's just how unfortunately today today's society is, is like you hear something like that, it goes viral on social media, and then everyone panics and they go oh, better fire this guy.
1: Yeah, like, hey, cancel, it. cancel the NHL. Cancel. Yeah, yeah, cancel the NHL. Um, but the wings
0: right now, 10-19 and four, still last in the central division. Um, they're right there with the stars who the stars now I think have only played four less games in the wings. Bizarre how they go from being a Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup Final to just being absolutely horrible. Um, but there's that, um, I guess, other notes on the wings, the power play has been way better, which is fantastic to see. Um, I think that's the one thing that was like the laughing You're like the laughingstock of the league because of how bad you were on the power play. Um, they've been a lot better as of late. Um, Dennis Chalowski today was moved to the taxi squad, which is awesome. I have to imagine a guy like him, potentially Gustav Lindstrom, um, I'm trying to think of some other guys that can get some time up here. Um, I know Rasmussen's been kind of in and out, in the cub, in and out. So um, good to see that Cholo gets the call up because that's a guy that everyone's looking at like, hey, are you eventually going to turn the corner or are we going to have to get rid of you? So um, I think now you're kind of getting towards the time where you're going to start to see guys get a shot like that. Um, trade deadline is coming up, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I think this is probably where, the most of the conversation has been focused to when it comes to the Red Wings this year, because obviously they're not very good and their games aren't very fun to watch as far as guys that are going to move. I think the plus for you right now as a Red Wings fan is Sam Gagne's had a pretty solid year. Um, I'm not really sure what the, what the trade value is for him. I, I have to imagine it's probably lingering around maybe a third round pick at best. So any guys like that, that you can flip for assets, obviously you will. Um, I don't know. Uh, Mark Stahl's been kind of thrown around as a name too. Um, which People if you can, still
2: want Mark Stahl.
0: Well, just 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 as a guy to have some depth and to, and to have a veteran presence in your locker room come come a playoff stretch. I I think with um if you look at that trade, I mean you get a second round pick for him just to take on his contract. If you can then go flip him for like a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. I don't know what. Um, you're you're probably going to have to eat some of his money too to make it work, which is absolutely fine. So. No harm, no foul there. The, the the discussion that's really been interesting to me, I look now at two guys. I don't think you're going to see any interest for Darren Helm. Luke Glenn Denning, he's probably been one of the best faceoff guys in the NHL this year. Um, and just another sandpaper guy that you can stick on your fourth line on your penalty kill. Um, and you know he's going to block shots. You know he's going to get to the tough, the tough areas. He'll mix it up if he has to. And again, as far as faceoffs go, you're not going to find a guy that's been much better this year. So um, I would hate to see a guy like Luke Glendening go. I actually, you guys can me for this, but I actually sat in on a zoom with Jeff Blaschel earlier this year when he was talking to a bunch of high school hockey kids. And the one player that he talked about in his zoom was Luke Glendening as a guy that probably he said, one of his favorite guys to ever coach um, because of the way he plays and how hard he works. So as far as a locker room glue guy, he's a, he's probably the epitome of that. I'd like to see the wings keep him around um, is a guy that doesn't really hurt you being on the fourth line. In fact, I think he's a huge asset to have playing bottom six minutes. Um, not the most skilled guy in the world, but he wins face-offs and does a lot of good things, uh, a lot of things right, um, which is great. I think now where the conversation turns to as I wrap up Wings Talk today is what are you going to do with the goalies? Jonathan Bernier has had a very, very solid year, all things considered, because the Wings do not score goals and they are not tremendous defensively. So where everyone now is looking is, are they going to trade Jonathan Bernier? Which, Trent, I saw you had your hand up.
1: Do You have a uh, I don't understand. I, I, this is my only thing with the – you guys know, whenever I contribute to Wings, it's always about the goaltender. Yes. Why have they not drafted one? Is there any – I don't – like, Ravs, you got to tell me. Are there any names I should be looking for in the farm system or anything? Because it, um, it seems like this has been an issue for the last three years, even before they got rid of Howard. It was like well, who's the successor? And and all that stuff. So I'm just wondering, like, there's no plan there, which is fine because the wings are rebuilding. But isn't that is that not a big hole you gotta fill? Um, I think
0: it I think it definitely is. The thing, the thing with goaltenders though, honest to God, is like trying trying to groom and develop a goal, a goalie is can be risky business. I mean, you see, you see like Nashville takes Yaroslav Askarov and I think 11 in this year's draft. He did not look good in the world juniors at all. Goaltender development takes a hell of a lot longer than it, than it does for player development. So I think when you're in the wings position, the wings, I believe going into these drafts, just thinking like, Hey, we are very far away from having a complete roster that can compete. So our focus has to be on drafting skaters, not goalies. So to your point, Trent, um, I, I, I don't think that the, the pipeline for goalies looks all that great. Um, the one guy that I would look at is Keith Petrozelli who plays, I believe he plays at Quinnipiac. I, he was also he also played for Muskegon, I believe, in the USHL. I want to say that he is a finalist for the Hobie Baker this year. Um, he has absolutely tremendous numbers in the NCAA this year. So if I had to tell you a guy that I'm resting my laurels on, it's probably him. Uh, I think Philip Larson's the other goalie that played at the university of Denver who, um, and again, like young guys, like 20, 21, 22, who really the goaltender development, like I said, takes, takes a lot longer unless you're getting an absolute stud. I'm just not a big guy. and like, let's, let's waste, not waste, but let's spend a top 10 pick on a goalie. Unless you're getting a guy like a Mark Andre Fleury who's going to be a generational talent, which he was. And he went one, one, so um, that's, that's kind of where I wanted to take my conversation about the goaltending. It's like at this, at this stage in the game, if you're the Red Wings, you have found yourself two goalies in Grice and Bernier that have shown you that they can put up solid numbers and they can play games and keep you in games um, in, in some capacity. The goaltender position is not one to be trifled with and that you want to just throw a young guy in there and hang him out to dry. You see some other guys around the league, like the Samsonov in Washington, um, Georgiev in, in, in New York, and they also have Shesterkin over there, who are two young guys who are just good, just flat-out good, and you don't have anyone that's that good in your goaltender pipeline. So for me, I have no problem with keeping – I believe Bernier might be a free agent after this season. He's going to draw interest at the deadline because goalies get hurt, things happen, and, you know, to, especially with this COVID stuff going on, to have a solid backup goalie like that, it's huge. So he will draw interest. I just would rather, honestly, see the Red Wings maybe sign him for one more year and you roll the balls out with Grice and Bernier one more time as you hope that Keith Petrizelli can make the jump and play some games in the AHL for you next year, which I have to assume he will. Same thing with Larson. Um, and, and to your point, Trent, yeah, I don't know. But it's a, it's a, the, the goaltending thing is something to where, If you have to, you can go spend some big money and get one in free agency. You can use some assets to try to go trade for a goalie. I don't think it's that pressing of an issue right now, which is why I don't think the trading Jonathan Bernier at the deadline is necessary, but you're right. I mean, that's, that's where all the question marks are at this point. Yes, Collins.
2: One quick thing I want to ask, because I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched a Wednesday in maybe like two or three weeks. Or and I think like to a casual wins fan like me and T B who are maybe we catch like 15 to 20 games, maybe a little bit more than that, but we lock in for the playoffs. You, you when you think of the wins, like for me at least, I'm like, when are we gonna see Cider? Is that gonna be this year or no?
0: Um, I I don't think I don't think you'll see him this year. I don't think you'll see Valeno this year either. Just because I think I mentioned it way at the beginning of the year. So the way those I, I know they're loaned loan out. Right
2: yeah, yeah. But when is their loan done?
0: Um, I want, I have to imagine that it's sometime soon because I believe that after they finish their, their loan period out in their respective leagues, that they are eligible to come back and play. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see them this year, um, but definitely Joe Valeno and Moritz cider will make the team out of camp next year okay. if it's the last if it's the last thing that, that that happens while I'm on this earth I have to imagine those two guys will make the roster um, as far as a guy like Lucas Raymond depending on I haven't really paid attention to his numbers right now on the SHL depending on on his development over the next year or so that's a guy that you might see come out of camp and make the roster I believe it's like either 10 or 11 games that you have. You can have a guy play with your with your big club before having to make a decision, and if you send him down, it doesn't eat a year off of his deal or something. Something like that. not 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 that it doesn't eat a year off of his deal, but there's something about him keeping like rookie status or something. I have no idea, but it's something along those lines of getting a little bit of a of a trial period. So I have to imagine that he'll probably get that shake next year. This draft coming up is. I would love to see the Wings pick like one or two, like for once in my lifetime, just because I would like to think there's a chance there that you could see, and that's I think what's frustrating with a lot of fans is you see these other teams around the league, like for example, Trevor Zegras got picked after Moritz Seider in the same draft uh, for Anaheim, and he's already playing NHL games right now. Now that's no knock on Mo, on most cider, but it's like if you're if you're a Wings fan. You look at that and go, we could have potentially had a guy that I'd already be seeing playing games right now at 19, 20 years old. So that's where I think a lot of the frustration comes. You look at a Michael Rasmussen here, like, God, we drafted this guy ninth overall and he's barely scraping minutes in the bottom six. But like, yeah, that's just how it is. I mean, you know, I, I I'd like to think that picking one or two this year can get you a guy like an Owen power who you can plug in right away and you're like, Oh my God, here's this fresh 18, 19 year old kid. that's already playing minutes. So, um, I hope that somewhat answers your question. I I just think that that's the time is coming. The time is coming next year. Sider and Valeno, I have to imagine, make the team um, immediately. And I think that's part of the reason why they were um, put over on, on loan is so that they could get some more time playing pro hockey um, as opposed to these AHL guys who have had to wait months and months for their season to start. And these guys have already been playing in their season. So um, if they can hopefully come back after their seasons finish up overseas and, and play some games for the Griffins or even the Wings, I think they'll be roaring to go, and it was the right move to make versus having to wait for that AHL season. So with that, I'm done with Wings talk. Um, I believe they play Nashville again tomorrow. Um, but other than that, do we want to do some Lions stuff? Is there any Lions stuff to do before we do Tigers?
2: TB texted us and said he's in on golf now. Oh, yeah. I just want to hear that. That's all we have <laughs> oh, yeah. to do.
1: Look, I, it was it was a little tongue in cheek. It was a little bit of a joke, but I, I'm starting. You know, Are you what?
2: hammered when you touch that. That's definitely like <laughs> yes. you have a couple pops, and you're like, no, what? I'm in on them, yes. which I, I love. love.
1: Which I, I love. love. And I was watching Jared Goff highlights on my TV from the Super Bowl run he made with the Rams in 2018-19. Here's my thing, though. I, 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 You guys well know, I always find a way to buy into this team. The schedule is hard as hell this season, so they're not going to be good. They're not going to be above 500, none of that. But what I will say is this. Jared Goff feels the pressure. Jared Goff restructured his contract. He saved the Lions $15 million. He wants to win. By the way, all the stuff with Brockers has officially been put to rest because yeah. way blown out of proportion, and those two guys are – the media just wants to make a bigger deal out of stuff all the time. It's like the same thing with Tom Izzo and Gabe Brown. Oh, there was a physical exchange. Are you kidding me? You can make it sound like they hit each other, but that's neither here nor there. Whatever. Jared Goff, I just want to give the guy a chance. I think he's I think he's still very good as a system quarterback, and I like, given the way Anthony Lynn likes to run his offense, it's going to be a lot of run, run, pass, run, run, pass. You have Swift. You now have Jamal Williams. You still have this dude named carry on Johnson, who I really like. And we all do. This is like the carry on Johnson fan club over here. So I just, I I like the prospect of what he could be here. And at 26, he's a low risk situation. The lions were compensated for taking on his contract. As we well know, and we talked about it, they got two first rounders for him and I I, watching him do his little Instagram takeover with the lions this, this past week, it just, it won me over. That's it. That's all there is. He looks, he looks real nice in the lions Jersey. So I just want to at least see what he can do. I think he might surprise. I think the lions might go like six and 11 or seven and 10, instead of being another top three pick, but that's all. I will tell you,
0: I saw they signed that Alex Anzalone or whatever his name is the linebacker from new Orleans and that is my, that's my lion now. Just so we're all. Oh clear. my
2: God. Of course that's your lion.
0: grabs That's so annoying. What's that, annoying. Supposed, what's that Rabs, supposed to mean? I, I
2: just, I, I mean, you're just like the prototype goes, uh, I love the special teamer that like might, might take the out long, your knee. The, might the clip long, you hair.
0: The long, Yeah. It, hair. it makes
2: a good special team play like once or twice. And then it has like, Two head-to-head contact hits. It's like he's <laughs> was, and then Raps like bringing the energy. I'm like this guy stinks. I it's was like Chris Fry. I, was I just hated Chris say, Fry. Collins.
1: I was just gonna say when I was scrolling this morning and I saw that come across my timeline. I mean, it is what it is, man. He's a good. He's a fun player. I is guess. he good? I don't think I, he I already, is good. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's a fun player. But I already know this. You, you take one look at this guy, and you can tell he's gonna have one boneheaded, costly penalty. Horse
2: collar out of bounds. Like thirty seconds left. Set up a team for Demon. No, and you know ball. what?
1: That's that's a
0: that's a racial indictment on a white guy with long blonde hair. That's no,
2: I've can. watched this guy play. I'm
1: Spicy. Saying. Spicy. Anyways, that's all the Lions stuff we got to talk about. Also, really like the Lions' wide receiver room that they're kind of putting together. They're going for speed now. All these guys run under like a four three set of. They're gonna catch-
2: draft or- a wide receiver.
1: Well, yes, it does seem that if they, if they, they don't move, out, seven, out, of move out, of out of seven,
2: they have to. But again, we should probably when is the draft? We should probably talk about that soon, right? It's back at It's in April again, right?
0: Yeah, it's like it's like it's like April twenty something. It's like I feel like it's always April twenty third.
2: Well, it's coming up pretty soon. We should make, do our little draft preview thing again.
0: We can do that.
1: Um, but but first, you know, me
2: and Rabs had Quintess Cephas in the fifth round.
1: Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. So, did did I. so did I. We all did. Crushed it. Yeah. yeah I don't know
0: about that trend,
1: did you? Yes, I check <laughs> the tape. Check the tape, yeah. Ravs. We'll
0: see
2: about that. Um, all right. Well, Just here's like how I'm the I'm not stuff. sure
1: Rabs was, like, first in the picks last year. Yeah, sorry. well,
2: that's a whole different thing. Pickscape. Pitt no, State. no, yeah. no. Me All and right. Trent were too lazy to go look bad
0: at the old No, I, I corrected myself. I found I found my mistakes. I corrected myself. Okay. But I still won. Uh, big stuff.
2: Opening day at Comerica Park is on Woo! April 1st. We love our baseball team. Go get them, Tigers! So fired up. Uh, so that's like a week away. Week from Thursday, right? Week from tomorrow.
0: Week from this episode coming out. Um, so with that, I guess we can talk. Uh, we can do our full-scale Tiger season preview. Um, little bits and pieces of news coming out about who's making the team, who's not. Uh, I believe today AJ Hinch told um, Tarek Skubal and Julio Tehran. Is it Tehran hey or
2: Tehran? I think it's Tehran. He was guy who was way. in. He was in Atlanta, right? Yes. It's Tehran.
0: Great in Atlanta too. For yeah, it's Tehran.
2: Yeah, it's Tehran.
0: Um, so two guys that were told they will be making the roster. Matthew Boyd has been named the opening day starter. I, I, first of all, I can't, I don't think I can like legally tell you guys to go bet money on things. I need to go find a prop bet about opposing team leadoff home runs because I'm telling you right now on opening day when you flip the channel to whatever to Bally Sports Network or whatever they're calling this thing now the first pitch that comes out of Matthew Boyd's hand is going to be in the Detroit river. I'm just letting you know. Then the second batter, the second batter will do the same uh, thing and they're going to be down five, nothing going into the, into the second inning and Matthew Boyd's going to get pulled after two and a third. And they're going to, they're going to lose five to one. That's how that opening day is going to go.
2: Well, I know Turnbull is on the IL, so he obviously can't be opening day starter. But it is demoralizing. Boyd is the guy. <laughs> like, like
0: that? Like really? Like there's Yeah, some,
2: there's, you know what's yeah,
0: happening. And
2: like the Yankees city.
0: get to throw Garrett Cole out. Like you're like, oh shit, I get to go watch Garrett
2: Cole muck it up at Yankees. Like we got Matt Boyd. It's like, oh god, it's just like uh it's, it's like Shep on the call. It's like uh oh, Boyd's fastball, it's flat in this first. City. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Well, let me just yeah. BP out there. Who would? Who do you want it to be? I'm just gonna. I'm well, just, it would I'm be Turnbull. Turnbull turn
0: if he wasn't hurt. Okay,
2: well, I, I mean, you he can't put You can't so. put. Can't put the two guys you kind of brought in in the offseason. You Can't put Mize. So right. I get it's, it's why it's the process void. of elimination. I mean, this team. I, I mean, the thing that kind of sucks is when we looked at this. Uh, we're gonna go through this roster, and I. I mean, this could branch out to a bigger point as we talk about it. I really wish they would have done like something in free agency, like about their starting pitching just a little bit, like to put like some sort of stop gap between like the younger guys and these older guys, because I like on the fielding side of things, like I actually kind of like the Tigers a lot. Like if you believe in some of these young guys, I, it's just like, there's going to be days where Tigers are going to have to score like seven runs to win when Boyd's out there, when, uh, who's the guy they got from Miami like that? Like, yeah. like, and then Mize school are going to be inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like they're just, I just wish they had one consistent arm in this, uh, in, in this lineup. And Turnbull kind of was that last year, but I mean, he's injured. So who knows?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess we can start kind of picking through here about guys that are on the bubble and whatnot. I, I found this, I found this, uh, I think it was on Channel Four. Um, just kind of breaking down the roster and in the projections of of who's going to do what. Um, I kind of I'll kind of go through. Obviously Wilson Ramos, you signed him um, to to bolster up your offense a bit. Not a great defensive catcher by any means, but he'll make the roster jamer will make it still still yet to be seen if he'll be starting at third or first i think it'd be criminal if you play him at first base betty
2: 370 this spring jamer candelario
0: yeah is that good um
2: so jamer will make but hey let's put him base. at first base it's not like he's a gold love level third baseman but hey just me
0: right scope um parade seems like he'll make the roster too um again i that's see that's so this is, this is now the conversation of, like, what's your infield going to – like, is is, is Paredes going to start at third and Jamer at first?
1: I don't know. That's I think the big thing – the big question is where these guys play because, Collins, you just kind of passive-aggressively alluded to it. Jamer Candelario needs to be at third. But he's, I don't
2: get it. I just yeah, don't no, get it, it. It
1: doesn't make sense. But then you've also got guys like Paredes who can play multiple positions. you got guys like Nico Goodrum who, like, who knows if he's actually going to consistently start. You know, I – the only thing, in my opinion, that's locked down is scope at second. Am I wrong?
0: And well, I think, think Willie Castro will start it short.
1: Okay. Yes.
2: So, but James also, Lester- I just realized that he's not 49 anymore. He's number nine. Castro? Yeah. I was watching a game today and he had the number nine. Carlos Guillen. I love it. If that's, I could have been oh, the, just like not- missed, like, because right, I've watched three sprint training games this year. And I never noticed that before. I, like, must have not have been watching closely enough. And, and I could be wrong. Maybe it's just, like, for the day or what they do kind of in, like, training camp when, like, a wide receiver wears number one and he's not actually that because they have too many players. But Willie Castro had the number nine on, I was like, I love that. Love that. That's but I, I, I to what you're going to say, Raz, about Parades. do you guys really think he needs at-bats right now? Like, if all the guys you have in this lineup – do I really need to get Paredes at bats right now. Has he proven to me that he needs at bats? You know, my
0: my question is: if you if you
2: let's assume let's assume your middle infield
0: is, is scope and castro, and I'm actually absolutely fine with that. Okay. And let's say you're gonna DH Miggy, so which means you have to put someone at first base and then you have third base. Are you would you rather have Jamer play third and God knows who else play first? Or would you rather have Jamer play first and put Paredes at third?
2: Why doesn't Paredes just play first? I don't get it.
0: I don't know. I Dude, you're preaching to the choir. I think Jamer should play first I, every well,
2: single I, day. Well, Paredes is a smaller guy. I know that. And he's not as athletic, though. Yeah, no, I he's and I guess, like, I mean, if we're barbaric people, like it's kind of like basketball in the center. It's like you need to have a taller guy playing. You need a big body at first base. Like, at this point, like, can we sacrifice a little defense at first base for like a lot more defense at third base? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Jammer's fine at first base, but you're just like taking away what makes him, I think, uh, like possibly a special player because he could actually like do both sides. Like, if he's to be able to continue like his hitting streak like he has been and bat in around 300 or like 270 and play gold love third base, like that's an asset. That's a legit asset and you're just limiting that asset if you put him at first base. I just, like, I don't think you need to, like, move, like, mountains to get Paredes at-bats, and I don't think like, Hinch will. You know what I mean, though? I understand that you're like, who are they going to play at first base? I would be fine with, like, hey, maybe we'll throw Scope at first. Not Scope at first. You know what I mean? We'll give Scope the day off. We'll put him into DH. Have Paredes play second. Have Miggy play first in those situations. And then – other than that, you probably put good rum at first. Even though I hate that, I'd I much rather would see Paredes in the lineup. But if like has Paredes had any run at first base? Like I haven't watched that many spring. Don't believe years. so. Yeah, so like I that's like not. That's happening. the thing. Like we all
0: like we all. I feel like we talk about first base. Like it's like a, oh, we need a guy. Like we need a guy to, to bat in the lineup, but just stick him at first. Like you have to learn how to play first base.
2: Yeah, but like, what's there like? If you can play third base, you can play first base. I truly believe that. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, it's like I mean, when you say a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square.
2: Yes, yeah, so I I don't know. I just – I don't know. I think they're – all. I I, I I just would hate if – like, it's fine if you play Jamer at first for, like – let's see, he plays, like, 150 this year. He plays at first, like, 25 games – Whatever, I can live with that. Any more, anything more than that, it would be preposterous. Should be your everyday third baseman. That's fair enough. Um,
0: to to me, the outfield is a mess. Uh, we, we've talked
1: about it a lot. I, I
0: it's guess, a good it's, mess
1: though. It's it is a mess, but it's a good mess because it doesn't. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter who you put out there because, like, in my opinion, Kristen Stewart kick rocks. But like, well, he's
2: done. He's yeah, been no, done.
1: I, but like a guy like Reyes, who we were kind of talking about before the show started, like uh, he's going to be like your rotating outfielder. That to me is stupidity. But you know, I, I guess there's a lot of viable candidates in the in the outfield. So Collins, I know you feel some type of way about that.
2: Well, I just I don't understand bringing in older guys who so you know who they are and just like hey, Victor Reyes, you're going to be your fourth outfielder now after for like six games last year. Would you argue he's maybe their second best player in the field? Like, yeah, no, like no what I mean, like best positional player. Like he was awesome last year. He really was. And like he didn't strike out as much. He shortened his swing, he had a really good approach at the plate, and dri- drove in some like I feel like at, at nightly it was like, okay, Willie Castro drove in a run, Reyes drove in a run. Did anyone else drive in a run? You no know what I mean? Like it always kind of felt like that when it came to the Tigers last year. And for them to just be like Okay, Mazzara, we signed you, so I guess we have to play you in right. Like, what is that?
0: Yeah, that's bull. I do. I totally agree. I, 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 I think that Jacoby Jones, until he shows you a reason not to, for him to start in center field, you have to play him every day in center field. Well, Reyes, I think, was his best playing left field, but it sounds like that's where this Robbie Grossman will play, even though he's been dog shit at the plate this spring. A bomb today. And then, well, again, it looks like Mazzara is going to play in right. I told you – I think I texted you guys. Akil Badu is going to make this roster, and it sounds like he absolutely is. Um, He's been pretty tremendous in in spring training. I think he's bad, like,
2: 344. Four homers. I think
1: he's got four homers.
2: Collins, go. I will say this. To anyone who wants to play Akil Badu over Jacoby Jones, say it to my face and see what happens. Just say it to my face and see what happens. The guys had, like – what like 50 at bats in spring training? No major league at bats. Let's relax. Okay. Can we relax on that? Like, I- I'm excited about him too. Hopefully, he's a nice piece in the future. But anyone, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna single him out. A- and he's in my group chat. Daniel Udicancy, the king of the prospects. I- I'm gonna tell him to listen to this portion of the episode. Relax, dude. He can he can he can kick rots in Toledo for a little bit before Jacoby, like, gets injured midway through the season. I don't – like I – I, I, I Badu looks very good. I understand that. But, like, let's relax here. Jacoby Jones is a center fielder this year. I don't right. hear it anymore. But that's just the guy who I think deserves to make
0: the roster based on how good his spring was. Um, that's fair. That is fair. That is fair. He'll probably, fair. He'll probably keep – he'll probably keep a guy like – I mean, Derek Hill probably won't make the roster. I mean, def- his defense is is his best part of his game, um, but I he probably won't be making this roster. And Daz Cameron, I believe, was was hurt a bit in the offseason. Um, and the fact that you can still play him in the minor leagues as a two way player, like go ahead. So he'll he'll keep Daz Cameron down in A or Double A for a bit, wherever they decide to start him. I assume it's A. Um, other than that, I'm fine with Badu being your guy that's that's going to be a reserve outfielder. But that's also where Mazzara should be, and Victor Reyes should be playing every single day in the outfield. And I can't sit here and watch even a guy like, I mean, I don't think Harold Castro plays the outfield. I feel like he's,
2: uh, yeah, he well, played a little bit. Of, I think he played a little bit of left last year. A lot of left actually. I feel like that's all he played.
0: But it, it's like Trent said, it's probably a good mess to have um, real quick. on like the catchers. You'll obviously have Ramos. It looks like Jake Rogers is just not making the, making the roster. Atta boy, Jakey. I mean, like they're going to, it looks like Grayson Griner's the guy. And last year, I've got an
2: apartment in Toledo already. I, hope I will. Miss.
0: I will admit that I was probably I'm higher on Grayson Griner than everyone else in the world. I think last year I came back down to earth because he actually can't hit. So the fact that he's going to be your, your backup catcher this year, and I'm sure Jake Rogers will get some, will get some time, but like, my God, man, really Jake, like I feel like Jake Rogers was supposed to be like the poster child of this rebuild and just at no point has shown you anything to where you're like, this guy can play every day in the major league. So other than that, um, that's all I have for position players until we do pitchers. So if anyone else wants to jump in on the position players, by all means, because I think pitchers is a whole, a whole other topic that we have to cover in its entirety.
2: Well, what's it called? I wanted to mention Riley Green, and Torque a little bit. What they did spring. Torque didn't look good at the plate. No, strike no, out a it, ton, a ton. Yeah, no ifs, ands or buts like that. I mean, it is where this. He just didn't look good this spring. I don't. I mean, he hasn't played baseball in forever. It is where it is. Riley Green, been very impressed with. I think Riley Green is going to be on this team some point this year. I haven't looked at his contract really hardly, but I'm assuming there's some term stuff. But, like, he, I don't know if he's exactly, like, ready, ready there, but, like, you just see flashes of him where he just hits ropes. So I just wanted to mention Riley Green. He, I, I was excited every single time I saw highlights or any game I watched of him play in sprint.
1: Good. Trent, anything else, position players? No, I'm, I'm just more. – I'm mostly intrigued by the corner The corner of the infield. Like, I want. again, I, it seems like we know what they're going to do. But it's a long season. You know, we don't have any of this stupid COVID-shortened season anymore. So you're going to get a lot of looks. You're going to get a lot of different rotations playing with guys. I think, you know, A.J. Hinch also has a tendency to, you know, pull guys in the sixth inning and just get guys run. And, you know, that's – I can't disagree. So and it, basically, no. To answer your question, I got nothing really to add. I just I think we should talk about the pitching rotation.
2: Well, we have to mention Miggy is in the best shape of his life.
1: Yes, you is. have
2: to. Yeah, he's in the best shape of his life. Come on, guys. We forgot to mention that. the yep.
1: facts.
0: Oops. Oops. Uh, um, so I guess let's move to the pitchers. Um, we talked about Matthew Boyd's going to be your opening day starter. Schoolboy to Hayrock. Hey, we'll figure it out, however Gibby says it on opening day. Um, two guys that will be in your starting rotation. Once uh, Spencer Turnbull is healthy, um, he'll be there probably as your number two guy, I have to imagine. Um, Urania will be there probably in your four or five spot. And Casey Mize, who it seems like they've kind of kept under wraps a bit as far as what they're going to do with him. I have to imagine he'll be your fifth or sixth starter, which I'm fine with. Um, And you have to expect some inconsistency still from his game. The, The big things now as you've heard me mention those names and you're probably scratching your head asking, where is this guy, Michael Fulmer and Daniel Norris are two guys who it's I I, look, I will advocate for Daniel Norris being a starting pitcher until the day that I die. I love him for reasons outside of baseball primarily. And that's why I'm so high on him, I think. But if Daniel Norris can even have a piece of what he had last season um, for the most part, I think he will be an absolute weapon to have in the bullpen as a left-handed pitcher um and then it comes to, uh Michael Former, who it sounds like they're gonna put in the bullpen, which to me I think is an incredible disservice to him as a pitcher. Like I don't know why he for a guy that was on a pitch count all of last year to try to get him primed to pitch this year, and now you're gonna stuff him in the bullpen and not let him get innings. I think it's just I think it's just stupid. I, I,
1: think, I he think he gonna is gonna get innings though. I think he is. I think I think he's gonna be your go-to, not to cut you off, Rabs. I just, I definitely think, you know, because they talked about doing a six-man rotation for a while, and now it's not looking like that's the case. Correct?
0: Well, with Turn, and when Turnbull comes back, they they probably will. But for now, I, I mean, I, I doubt it. I just, I, the thing I hate, Trent. I hate, I hate watching guys like Norris and Fulmer go out there and throw 45 pitches, and they get through two innings, and they're done.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I understand that because you have to be patient. I just – I think Fulmer is going to be the guy. It's it's a little unconventional, but I think Fulmer is going to be the guy coming out of the bullpen. Like, you know, you you got – some of these guys are young, like Scooble. Scooble could be a mess in his first outing, and, and Fulmer comes in basically pitches like four or five innings. Like, you don't well, – That's
2: like the, the Norris top. and Alexander spot, I thought, so –
1: well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and again, maybe, maybe Fulmer's having a little bit more of an issue than we think, you know, these guys know more than we do. So. Yep. Well, I mean, he hasn't
2: looked great since his injury.
1: Yeah. And, and Rabs, maybe instead of putting him on that pitch count, they're just going to try this approach instead where you just, you know, it's a steady diet from the bullpen. Who knows?
2: Well, if they're not, I'm might, very it curious.
1: His his career. It really might. It might be what he needs to kind of take some pressure off and turn it around.
2: Well, I think – so he was so productive for a couple of years. I think regardless of what happens this year, there will be another organization that takes a shot on him. Like, I just – I that's just kind of how this stuff works, I right. think. But um I'm really interested if school Ball – first of all, I don't know if Mize is, like, actually making the team. I know it seems like that, but, like, it's kind of weird to me that they didn't announce Mize is also on the team, too.
1: Well, like, – if he doesn't make it, though, I think we all know he's going to end up there at some point. This no, season. no, no. I
2: know he is. I just, I, I, I don't necessarily know if he's on that opening day roster. Fair, because I, I, they, it's stuff. been, they like Rap said, they've been super weird about it. We talked about it before the show even started today. Is he even on the roster? Like, I, who knows? But like, I mean, maybe I, I could see them trying to use Fulmer like they did Norris and Alexander last year, and maybe like give Fulmer a spot start or two. But like you said, Rabs, I, I, if this was the plan all along, and I know they have a different manager now, but they still have the same management. What what was the point of last year doing that? It was stu- – like you're right, Rabs. And, and the grand stream of things, like that was stupid.
0: Like to – I mean, you're, you're putting a guy on a pitch count who's not even going to throw that many pitches as a reliever. So I don't – I mean – Yeah, it didn't make sense. I don't know. And and Daniel Norris too, who's on who was on a bit of a pitch count, but – Look, honest to God, man, like we, we talk about the the having that great problem of like now that all these arms are starting to make their way in, like your Mannings and your Burroughs and your Funkhauser and those are guys who I don't know how many of those guys will make the roster out of camp, but you know, at a certain point, like if, if you can't if you can't get a guy innings in your starting rotation, I mean you can throw him in the bullpen and who knows, like you know, you gotta you gotta have to pitch in the late innings and especially now too, like the way the game is going, if like starters, starters, aren't going seven, eight innings. Like they're just not. So to have guys in the bullpen, like a Michael Fulmer who has the arm stamina of a starting pitcher and same thing with Daniel Norris, um, then I guess, I guess all the better. Um, but as far as other suspects in the bullpen, um, Cisnero will be there. Um, Greg Soto will be there who is great for a little bit of time, uh, Last season, Brian Garcia will be up there. I, who's closing games this year?
2: I have no idea. That was one thing that when you watch sprint training games, I watch like the first five innings and I tune out because no, like they usually put in like backups and stuff like that. I haven't really watched any of the bullpen to be honest. What do you have like that thing up, Rabs, with you? Yeah, the projected starter. Is Jimenez even on the team?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, he is, but th- this has Greg Soto as being the setup man and Garcia being the closer. But with that it, it says Brian Garcia, I, confidence, lock, roll, closer, not for long. I think Soto like can do Soto it.
2: or Cisnero, I think, are guys. Just Cisnero was good when he uh, last year. I thought he was he was pretty solid last year.
0: I think Soto can do it. I I'm gonna tell you right now that Joe Jimenez, his time as a tiger seems like it's Almost Basically kind of done. expiring, like overstaying yeah, he's his welcome. Stinks. But he's he, been so bad; he ain't, ain't going to get a chance to pitch in the eighth and ninth inning, ninth inning this year.
1: I he's will spare bad. you guys. I will spare you guys some stress, and I will tell you right now: I'll be beating the Greg Soto drum all season long <laughs> to be your closer. He, well, he was fantastic last year. He was. Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of fought. at times. He had a
0: great, a great start to the
2: year.
1: Okay, okay. Look, look, look. I, I get the, I, Collins. I get the at times thing, but like Joe Jimenez is great at times, and and we've kind of. Oh, seen he
2: that. sucked all last year.
1: Well, and I, I was gonna say we've seen that experiment now kind of run its course, and he's just not good. So, Rabs, you're exactly right. Closer, not for long. Sure, you can be your closer for a little bit, but by 20 games in. Greg Soto better be getting a, sh- a shake at the ninth inning. That's, that's I, what's
2: it called. The thing about Soto is the, like at least what I like gather. He's just like, they, when they kind of figured him out, he's like the danger of like, okay, they're either going one, two, three, or there might be a home run that it's hit 700 feet. Like he's just, what cause he just throws he throws gas. Like he really does. But his secondary pitches are not like consistent enough for like any batter to be really worried about it. in a that bat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, if like somebody sits on it, like see ya, like that, like that, that's what you're getting with Soto. But like, still, it's hard to hit 98 up in the zone from a lefty like Soto. So, I I, I agree with you, Trent. I think that's the direction they want to go. But I, I could see that I could see Garcia, like you said, Rabs and Cisnero getting a sniff at it just before they kind of hand the reins over to Soto because I don't think he might be their closer of the future, but I don't think they want to hurt his confidence throwing in number too early before he's ready because i do think he like if he can get anything of a secondary pitch like a decent i think he threw his slider's not awful or he could like kind of mix in a change up i don't know if he i thought he threw a change up i don't know i like i every single time he's in there he's just pumping fastballs so he's i don't even know what,
0: fastball slider but that's kind of i feel like most closers these days are just throwing 105 and his and a wipeout slider. The thing with Brian
2: Garcia is he walks so many guys, and I, I don't think the trend has changed all that much. Every dad in Detroit will be having heart attacks. I get this guy out of here. Just throw strikes. You kidding yeah.
0: me? I mean, I think I think Jimenez has a bit more of an of an arsenal of pitches than Soto does, but I I haven't I mean I'm trying to just think of like Joe Jimenez like getting guys out on secondary pitches. I just feel like he just doesn't. So it's like, to me, it's, I mean, it's, it's Soto. It should be Soto and I'm sure it will in due time. But as you said, it's all, that's, that's the thing you have to understand. And it's what's incredible about major league baseball and the sport of baseball in general and how good these hitters have gotten is like, you put anyone, you put anyone at the play, like the best closers in the game, like five to 10 years ago, if you could throw like 95 to like touch a hundred you're like elite, but now it's just gotten to a point where it's like everyone can catch up to the fastball. You have to have a secondary pitch, and if you don't have a secondary pitch, then you got, I mean, like, like we don't need you out here. It's great that you throw 100, but where do you got for number two?
1: You know how you, you know how you ensure that you're going three up, three down every inning? The shift. You do the shift. The shift. Very tongue in cheek, of course. I hate the shift. We talked about it on here, but hey, hey, I have one thing I want to bring up. Unless you guys have anything else to talk about, I got the- nothing else. Collins,
2: what's it called? Um,
1: tapped out.
2: I for I last thing about the bullpen. Like, I don't hate their bullpen. No, I general. don't either. The
1: bullpen was the the one of the strongest. Like, they were
2: good. Like, they, they were they were they, at that back after the year they kind of struggled, but like they were pretty solid for the majority of the year. So I am like. I'm interested to see what the bullpen is like. I, weirdly, I have more confidence in the bullpen than the starting rotation. Actually, that's not even a weird thing because they're just way better. I
0: agree, I Collins. I'm actually more excited to see the bullpen than starters.
2: I don't because yeah, the starters are like, oh my god, like, Matthew Boyd, Matthew Boyd, a <laughs> 92 mile per hour like fastball. Let's Woo! see if you can fool him with this fucking <laughs> brutal ass slider. Just this hanging over the zone. Yeah, god. Ugh. I agree. Ugh. I, maybe, I'm good. I'm good. I just I, – I'm so excited for this Tigers team because once Michigan State lost, focus immediately shifted to this team. Is that like – just the Pistons and wins, like whatever, I watch the Pistons pretty – like a, not like – I'm, I'm not an every-night Pistons guy just because Fox Sports Detroit is not carried by YouTube TV. That is the only reason I don't watch the Pistons every night. But like when I, I watch the Pistons probably like once a week, maybe twice a week. I, I, I need to get the competitive juices going again. And the Detroit Tigers will do that for me.
1: And on that front, Collins, I want to talk about this for a second. I was looking at the over under win totals for your AL Central. Over. The Detroit Tigers are dead last. Let me, re- let me, and, and it's criminal. It is criminal. Rabs, you always say you're not going to give gambling advice. I will. Everyone go bet the ranch on the Tigers over 68 wins because the Tigers are going to finish in third in this division lock it in. Let, let me give this let me let me read you some numbers. Chicago's over under is 90 and a half. They're they're a good really? team. Yeah. They're good though. They they're are good. good. No, no, I am just I'm reading through them. Minnesota, 89 and a half. That's a little high in my opinion. Cleveland, 81 and a half. Way oh, too high. Under. Way, Way too high. The Cleveland Indians will go under. And they they also shouldn't be named Indians anymore, but that's a different conversation for a different night. High words. Kansas City Royals, 72 yeah. under. I, I don't get it. The t- and I guess we're going to find out, you know, we're Tiger slappies, but you're Detroit Tigers 68 oh, yeah. over under. I, I, I can't stress to you how, how important and how, how strongly I feel about this. The Detroit Tigers are finishing in third or fourth in this division, not fifth, take the over, take the under on Cleveland. That's all I have to say.
2: By the way, guys, that right there, I forgot. I was like, even on the pod like one of my roommates' girlfriends, say, bye, Ryan. I'm like, bye, Aaron. I <laughs> <We> just <laughs> made podcasts. So that <laughs> I didn't even hear you. <laughs>
1: uh, I heard it, but I acted like nothing happened. But we're good. Any, anyways, anyways, and I think you guys all concur with me. Yes. Yeah, over Tigers 68 sixty eight wins and under Cleveland 81 and a half.
2: Well, under Cleveland so 80, like, I actually don't know how they're going to score runs. Like, who's in their lineup, like, still? Ramirez. Yeah, Jose Ramirez cool. I'm sure. Uh, what's his name?
0: Fuck. What's the one? I don't think. No,
2: no. Name. I they have like like. You know what I'm saying though. Like they're not gonna win 81 games.
1: That's what like I'm they, saying.
2: They have great. I mean, Bieber is nasty and whatever. But like, they they'll win a lot of games through pitching. But uh, they're not winning 81 games. The players Cle- over the 68. Cleveland I will take because I'm a slappy though. The
1: the Cleveland Indians might finish in last place this season. That's all.
2: No, they it, won't. They yes, won't. The they Royals might. stink.
1: The Indians are selling everyone.
2: Well, I don't. Who do they have? They still have good pitching. They still have good pitching, so I stick by that.
1: Okay. I have. If another- you're an
2: Indians fan, you're just like, oh, we had Kluber, Clevenger, uh, Miller, we Eberle. He
0: was unbelievable.
2: And, and what's it called? Who else did they have? They had Bauer. Like they have all these guys that they're strolling through their organization, and I mean, they were there in 2016 to win that World Series, but. It's got to suck to be an Indians fan. Like, we talk about Tigers, like, heartbreak. Like, that That, that stretch of time stinks, but being an Indians fan, it's got to be, like, right up there. Just, do like, know, you know any what?
0: of these players on this team.
2: <laughs> it's like it's like Lindor. It's like franchise player. Yeah, we don't want to pay him. No, thank you. Like, I would add, if I was, like, one fan, like, if the Tigers did that to someone like Lindor, I don't, like, I don't even know how you root for the team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, they, they did it to Cassiano's. <laughs> okay and okay. the podcast i
2: i well, let's do the trifecta then we can get out of here
1: all right let's do the trifecta welcome in thanks for coming trans trifecta guys march is reading month did you know that
2: <laughs> yeah uh, duh
1: yes. <laughs> march is reading month and my my sweet mother aaron valley is a kindergarten teacher and i get to read to her class via zoom on friday so there you go I am reading Pete the Cat and the Big Easter Adventure. I drove to Barnes & Noble to pick this out for the kids. I hope they enjoy it. My question for you guys is, do you have a, you know, kind of trademark children's book from your childhood that you love? That's, go swear.
2: Dog. Go Dog Go. I love that book.
1: Okay. All right. Go Dog Go from college. I was a
2: big Seuss guy. I love, the, I love the doctor.
1: Me too. Me too. Ralph, how you?
0: Um, uh, Magic Treehouse
2: series.
1: Well, okay, those are like chapter books, though. Oh, you're you're totally uh, like, child, like, like
2: children's book. books, like I the Seuss about, was, Man. Oh, very hungry caterpillar.
1: Oh, that's a great one.
2: That's, that's a solid cat. one. Where the wild winds do, things go, whatever that one is, that's a solid one. Where the wild wings go? <laughs> oh, I mean, I wasn't a big <laughs> Where reader Where the wild to be things
1: are?
2: <laughs> that did. That, that, I mean, I I I, I mean.
1: The wild so I had to go to, go to
2: Like when <laughs> everyone else did reading, they're like Ryan, go upstairs. You got to learn how to read better. So,
1: <laughs> okay, thank you for your cooperation on that question. Question number two, little basketball March Madness. Circle it back. Which non-one seed do you think is the best chance to actually win this thing now that you know all these upsets have happened?
2: Alabama, but they're Alabama, so I don't know if they'll actually win it. It's Hang just like on, a school you can't bracket, like see them winning the a title. But I think Alabama.
1: Okay, I've got Houston. For some reason, I, I watch them oh. play, and I'm I'm all in on Houston. I Dude, love
2: Rockers it. Blue. Uh, Trent,
1: they're, I, I Re- Collins. Sometimes it
2: broke crazy. my heart that game. It broke my heart into pieces.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sorry about that. I just love. I like Houston. I like the way they play. They're defensive. They're they're gritty. They're on the floor.
2: Their best know. player, the his Houston...
1: name's escaping me. played through an injury that entire game. It's just great. Yeah, that
2: was not nice. that was that was a good game. I don't know. I don't believe in Houston. I think it's Bama. I mean, Arkansas, I like Arkansas too, but
1: Okay. I like Arkansas. 40 minutes. I like
2: Oregon. I mean, Oregon looked awesome against Iowa.
1: Yeah, but you're also a Peyton Pritchard stand. So you just kind of Well,
2: what's it called? I didn't like if you look at their thing. My cousin told me this the other day. It said when all their players are healthy, like they've been banged up all year, they're 13 and 2. So I don't know.
1: Okay, okay, all right. Numbers, numbers. Collins, Raps. Best non-one um, seed left. Who is it? I was gonna say Oregon,
0: but I think that they're they have to play Gonzaga eventually, right? So they're yeah, USC
2: about. or even I—I I don't know. USC might beat Oregon.
0: Um, I was gonna say Oregon, but I don't—I don't know if their longevity is quite there. Um, so I will go to my back burner here. I'm just looking at them. I'm oh, just looking at them. Where are they? Oregon, just Oregon. That's it. I'm sorry, Oregon.
2: Okay. I think USC, USC, if they play Gonzaga, that would be an interesting game. Because as good as like Gonzaga's guards are, like for their offense to be like what they are, they need like Timmy to be Timmy. And I think Evan Mobley could take Timmy out of the game.
1: I think he could too. That's Gonzaga's one Achilles heel a little bit is their size. I think if they play a team, yeah, like USC. In yeah, Michigan. I hate to say it, like they could really neutralize some of the Gonzaga. Players.
2: Well, I think Michigan would be interesting because I think they could guard their guards better than most people. And yeah. then Dickinson and Timmy, that would be a battle. But I don't know, I, Michigan. Michigan's gonna have trouble with Florida State, and then they're if they beat Florida State, they're gonna have trouble with with Alabama. I think I don't know, but
1: well, I, I mean, I concur.
2: Michigan has good guards and the way they played against LSU. I mean they they had March medal there, as much as I hate to say it. They played tough and it's they have
0: livers. Is Livers coming back?
2: No, Livers is dumb. He's not playing. But I mean Shawty Brown, if he's gonna give you 17 points, I don't think it matters. He was so good in that game. Yeah,
1: hey, hey, also, you know, if he's gonna step out of bounds on a baseline drive and they're not gonna call it, that'll that'll work. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I'm salty, I loved LSU. Question number three to round out the trifecta, then we can all go home and – well, we're at home. Go to right. bed. Um, are you going to gamble on the Detroit Tigers this season?
2: Yes, every game. Every game? Eh, I don't know about every game. I did last year every game. But that was – they were they were profitable. That's why I did. Profitable on the money line.
1: Okay, Rabs. By the
2: end of the season, they had to break even probably. But, like, there was that one stretch where they lost, like, 12 games in a row, and I was like, I probably should stop doing this. But it, it all worked itself out.
1: All right, Rabs, what do you think? I will
0: I I will bet them uh, – I'll bet the over win total for sure. Um, as far as, like, betting every game, uh, no.
2: How about first this? Inning, yeah. at first inning over one and a half
1: runs, Rabs. Oh, I will
0: – I will take opening day. I will take the lead. I'll I'll throw some money on the leadoff hitter putting a ball into the Renaissance Center.
1: I was Rabs. I was just going to say, why bet every game? What you could bet every five games and take the other team's money line. What Matthew (laughs) Boyd is.
0: I look. I I hate to be that guy because I try to be positive. These guys are professional athletes. Matthew Boyd is a good man, but they made a huge mistake by not trading him that year. We know. We know. (laughs) And there is nothing he has shown me since that makes me believe that he will be any better than he has been since that year. So any, you want to, anytime, anytime the Tigers are, are are playing with Matthew Boyd on, on the mound to start, I would take the other team to win, to be up. What is it? The first five or whatever, like leading after the first five, every time, just so you know.
1: All right. Well, that concludes the trifecta. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening.
0: Excellent. Well, this should be out on the Thursday, which is a week before opening day. Looking forward to it. April and the D is upon us. They're getting fans in. April. As well. April. <laughs> <Great>. April the <laughs> D.
2: All right, we're gonna wrap it okay, up sorry. so we don't have to
0: hear any more of that. <laughs> That's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bally and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. So Any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode, guys. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We will see you next time.